Hey Saints, welcome to today's segment of Q&A Wednesday on a Thursday. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Q&A Wednesday was created for you, the listener. You send in your questions or comments and I will rightly divide and share with you the truth. Now let's go to question number one. From David, who lives in Virginia. Will a loving God really allow people to go to hell? Wow, that's a strong question, David, but I am more than happy to answer. Uh, David, God doesn't choose to send people to hell. With our free will, we decide to go to hell when we reject what Christ did on the cross and instead follow religion. Now, John 3, 16 and 18, with emphasis on verse 18, tells us this. I want you to listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. That's Jesus. So it is not God's will that anyone should perish. It's our will because you have to understand whatever you choose to follow or believe, you also choose the consequences. That is very important for people to know, but it's also important that we know that it is not God's will that anyone should perish. That's, that's not his will. That's one of the reasons why God is taking his time to return. He is giving non-believers time to come to Christ. And, and I can share a scripture that supports what I just said. Now look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, meaning patient, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, David, it's not God's will. No, we choose it when we reject Christ. Thank you for your question, David. Now, question number two is from Pam, who lives in Metairie, Louisiana. Pam has a very interesting question, but I am also eager to answer this as well. Pam says, when the rich young ruler asked Jesus what must he do to inherit eternal life, why did Jesus refer him to the Ten Commandments? Now, uh, Pam, I am assuming that you are talking about Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22, I believe. Matthew, let me read this. I was going to just give you the answer, but I want to read the scripture for those who are listening. Oh, Matthew 19, and we're going to start at verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, the one who came is the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said to him, good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Number one, you do know that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. So the rich, rich young ruler asks, what good thing must he do? So there's nothing he really can do other than accept Christ. So um, let's go to verse 17. So he said to him, this is Jesus. Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. 
you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and, and, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Jesus was giving him the general commandments. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? So Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard, heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And that's where your answer is, Pam. The rich young ruler's heart was in his, his money, his possessions. And you have to remember, it was Jesus Christ who recited John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall, have eternal, shall not perish but have eternal life. Why didn't Jesus tell the rich young ruler that it was, wrong, it was in the same times? Because he knew his heart. He knew his heart. Just like in, in John 14, um, verses 1 through 6, when John, when Jesus told the disciples who asked, you know, show us the way. How, how do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't waste his time sharing the salvation of grace with someone whose heart was going, going to reject him anyway. He knew ahead of time where that young man's heart was. And the young man proved it because Jesus is never wrong by turning his back on Jesus and walked away. He chose his money. Oh yes, he chose his money. So Pam, that is the answer. Jesus knew beforehand that this young man would not accept him. And um, another thing I wanna share with you, Pam, um, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question though because it, it, it is reasonable. Um, you have to remember when, when the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes came to Jesus and questioned him, if you notice, pay attention, Jesus didn't waste his time answering their questions. He would answer their question with questions. If you could tell me this, I'll tell you that. And, and, and then they will go away. Because Jesus didn't waste his time with that foolishness. He knows your heart, just like he knows our heart. He knows my heart, he knows your heart, he knows everybody's heart. The word of God is powerful. It will search your heart to see if there's a place in there for his word to reside. So um, you can meditate uh, on that scripture and understand if your heart is not with God, you have to remember God will reject you. Uh, question number three is from John in Connecticut. Um, I was asked this question before, John. Uh, uh, can, John wants to know, can people who die return and talk to loved ones? The answer is no, John. No, they cannot. Um, there are a lot of people who allow the devil to convince them that, that their dead family members are returning and talking to them. Now let's look at uh, what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has to say about this because there are a lot of people who think they know better than Jesus. Um, I'll comment further after we read this scripture. Go to Luke. Go to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 and okay beginning at verse 19 we're going to do verse 19 through, through uh, 26 so I'll stop there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day meaning he was wealthy he lived uh, a, a high lifestyle every day but there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, 
desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. That man was suffering. Oh, he was suffering. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, which is um, uh, symbolically representing heaven at that time. It was a symbol of heaven. Now, the rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, Hades is uh, the Greek word for hell. That's what Hades is. It's hell. So those of you who don't believe in hell, hey, bam, Jesus just confirmed it. Now, he lifted up his eyes while in Hades and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, this is Jesus talking now. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, you know, flames are associated with fire, okay? But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime, you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. This is what I want you to focus on, John, in Connecticut. There is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you will send him to my house, to my, house, uh, my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. He wanted his brothers to know, whatever you guys gotta do to prevent from coming here, y'all need to do it. This is not a good place. It is not a good thing to be sent to eternal damnation. It's not. Now Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets and Dr. Kamala D to let them know to let them hear them. They should listen to Moses and the prophets and the, and the ministers of God today who are preaching the truth. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Now, here's the thing. Jesus said that there is a great gulf fix. There's a barrier. And uh, Jesus said, no one can pass from heaven or hell and talk to anyone. There is a great gulf fixed. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a barrier because there are a lot of people I know. Oh yeah. The, uh, before my mama died and before my aunt died and they saw my uh, aunts and uncles and cousins who had previously died. No, they were hallucinating. That's what they were doing. I want y'all to listen. Jesus said there is a barrier between hell and earth and heaven and heaven and earth. So your dead uncle or your friend or your spouse is not talking to you. There are such spirits called familiar spirits. These are spirits who can impersonate dead people. They are not in hell. They are walking on earth, so they don't have to pass from, from hell to get to, to your loved ones or to talk to you and impersonate a loved one. They are already here walking on the earth. So are the devil and his angels. The devil is not in hell. He's walking on, on earth along with his demons. You know, there's a word called hallucinations, okay? Familiar spirits are not in hell. 
and they shown off on in heaven, they are walking the earth. So John, the answer is no, they cannot. You're being deceived by the devil. He will impersonate a dead, dead loved one. They, can, they will come to you during your dreams or during times you are hallucinating. And if you drink alcohol, that can cause hallucinations as well. If you do illegal drugs or some um, drugs that are prescribed by the government, you, you can, some of the side effects are hallucinations. So no, you cannot. You are not seeing the real deal. You are seeing familiar spirits, okay? Thank you for your question, John in Connecticut. Okay, question number four is from Gwen in Texas. Ooh, Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. Gwen wants to know, is there a scripture that talks about the duty of the police? Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is, Gwen. I'm not gonna uh, uh, sugarcoat this. I'm also not gonna get into any uh, anything political because that's not me. I speak the word of God. And if the word of God happens to speak against something that you see on TV or something uh, involving politics, so be it. So I will share one scripture with you that gives you an idea of what law enforcement or what the uh, scriptures refer to as soldiers should not do according to the scripture. Now go to Luke, go to Luke chapter three. Luke chapter three, write the scripture down so you can see it. It is Luke chapter three and I'm going to read verse seven, okay? And he said to them, first, before I tell you this, this is John the Baptist who was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And there were coming the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and John who was very outspoken, very outspoken, just like Jesus and just like me. John did not bite his tongue. He was like, well, well, my God, here come these hypocrites. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? John knew who they were too. You got to remember who John the Baptist was. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit inside of his mother Elizabeth's womb. Oh, John had, he came with the power of Elijah, the prophet of old. He had that same power. And John the Baptist saw these demons coming and asking them, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? But but here's the thing. Uh, one in particular was a tax collector. And, and, and beginning at verse 7, he said uh, to them, collect no more than what is appointed for you. He's talking to the tax collector. And then likewise, the soldiers asked him, the soldiers represented law enforcement. They were the ones who kept order, who kept people from committing crimes. Uh, that, that is what the soldiers were supposed to do. But listen to what John tells them. And this will tell you, it will give you an idea of what law enforcement should not be doing. He says, and wait, they said, and what must we do? So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Now, if you guys look at the news today, we see countless amount of stories of police falsely accusing individuals, falsely arresting people and trying to instill fear in them. And this is not what they are supposed to be doing. This is clear in this scripture. I can give you more, but I want for the sake of time, I'm stopping right here. This should be enough for you today. Yeah, it should be enough for you today. You can read uh, Luke chapter three, start at verse 14 and just keep reading. Just keep reading. That is what law enforcement should not be doing. Okay. 
Now let's go to our final question. Question number five is from uh, Chris who lives in Texas. I often hear you say that Christians are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Can you provide me with scripture? Okay, yes, yes, sir. Uh, Chris, um, I, I will provide you with three. Now, in Ephesians, the first one is Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one. Go to Ephesians chapter one. Let me try to find it. Oh, I'm going to use my... Uh, Kindle HD. So while I am trying to find it, I want you to try to find it too. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Um and beginning at verse 13. We're going to do Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. It says In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In him, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's our seal. That is our spiritual circumcision. Um, I, when God uh, entered into a, com- uh, a commandment or a covenant, per se, with Abraham and then Moses, that seal was circumcision. After uh, boys were born, after eight days, they would have the foreskin of their penises removed. So we don't go through that today. The new covenant only requires that you receive the Holy Spirit. That is your circumcision, the circumcision of the heart. Yes. And you can read Ephesians 4 and 30, and you can read Romans 4 and 11. And it will confirm what Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says. Um, I have one comment today. It is from Grace in Atlanta. Hi, Grace in Atlanta. Grace's comment is, and and I really don't like sharing these, but I do want people to know when they send in a comment, I'm going to read it uh, because I am very humbled and um, it's not about me. I would prefer comments about the scriptures, not about me. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not grateful, Grace. It doesn't, but I'm going to read Grace's comment. Grace says, Dr. Kamala D, please don't stop teaching. Since I have been listening to you, I realized I was ignorant of God's word. I am learning so much more now. I look forward to your message each week so that I can grow in faith. I am trying to get my pastor to invite you to teach at our church. May God continue to bless your ministry so you can keep blessing his people. My goodness, thank you, Grace for those kind words. To God be the glory. I am humbled. I'm truly humbled. Um, And the scripture says, how can they hear without a preacher? And I teach to edify the body of Christ. I'm walking in my gift. My gift is to equip the saints so that they can go out into the world and share the gospel. When that, uh, when that, um, when it, the opportunity arises, so you got me all choked up and humbled. I, I really am. But when the opportunity arises, I want to equip you so that you can share the gospel. 
I am giving all honor and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is all about him. That's why you do not see me posting and plastering my face all over social media trying to promote me. I don't promote me. I promote the word of God. Um, so I want you guys to join me Sunday, this Sunday, on Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D, where I will be sharing another powerful and eye-opening message entitled, Knowing Your Enemy. A lot of Christians don't know when God is talking to them versus Satan talking to them, and I'm about to blow that, that, that lying devil out of the water. So until next time, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. This is Q&A Wednesday with Dr. Kamala D. Enjoy the 4th of July with family and friends. See you next time.